Neil Tanner is a lawyer turned tech company founder. His app Howbout helps to ease the difficulties people encounter when making plans. This episode, Neil speaks about his journey to founding Howbout, how they found funding, growing the app, and how to build a healthy work culture. I worked at a big global law firm, right? And I was, but I was totally focused on consumer tech and disruptive tech. So I've, I've definitely had that sort of tech link, but yeah, you know, it was, it was all about suit and tie. Uh, and you know what I mean? I'm like on the, on the outside of it, I was this big successful guy, right? My, my mom and dad could be proud of their son. It was this big corporate lawyer. Well, you, you did one of the big three. You became a, a lawyer, but there was the other option of a doctor or engineer. <laughs> or, or exactly. <laughs> that's exactly it. Like, you know, I, I grew up in a, you know, in, a, in an Indian culture where those three things are the pinnacle of what you could become. Right. So, you know, from, from all sort of walks of life, from all the, the outside looking in, I was, I had it all from a, from a career perspective. Um, you know, I, I did it for three years and, you know, and. <laughs> I, I, although I enjoyed parts of it, you know, I always found myself wanting to be on the client side of the table. I, I wanted to have that real passion for a product, for a business and to scale it. You know, I wanted to be the tech guy in the T-shirt, not the lawyer in the suit. Yeah. Um, I've always been an ideas guy. I've always been an ideas guy. I've always loved the idea of taking something from nothing and executing it to make it something. Yeah. Um, so the, the idea for How About came in, you know, the summer of 2015. I just graduated from uni and I realized it was suddenly so much harder to see friends. Um, people's lives suddenly got so much busier. You know, we don't live five minutes apart anymore. And the phrase, you know, I'll see you later on today was replaced with I'll see you when I see you, mate. You know, so the idea was for an app that could instantly find a date that you're all free. And then, you know, helps you easily organize. It takes all the faff and the chaos and the stress out of it. Yeah. Um, I had a lot of excitement for it. But literally, as you said, um, I'd taken... I'd taken so long to get where I was as a lawyer. So, you know, you have your law school days and your legal qualification exams and two years training as a lawyer. And then after I qualified, you know, the lawyer hours were, were, were pretty good. It's something like a hundred hours a week or something crazy like that. And it's one of those ones where you could get in the office at seven and not leave until oh, midnight. I, I, I've, I've, I've had days where I've worked all night. Um, yeah. Like I, I've left at 8 a.m. in the morning just to get some sleep, come back at 10. I've worked weekends. It, it, it's it's manic but you know that that's that's the life as a big corporate lawyer but you know so to, like i had the idea and to be honest what held me back was you know not only had i worked hard to get here but to be honest man the, the biggest thing that held me back was fear yeah fear of failing of mm. leaving a good career of what my mum and dad would think of what people would gossip of what everyone would say you know it, it was i'd always had the i always had the idea in the back of my mind but there just never seemed to be the right moment to jump into it and yeah you know in all honesty fear played a huge part in that so for you when fear came into it you were kind of like yeah i, I don't want to lose all what i've built up here but i feel like this thing that i have in my head is you know it's got product market fit no 100 it you know i i had on the outside like a big part of me um my parents had a really tough childhood and a big part of me was always wanting to repay the sacrifices they made to give me a good childhood. They, they set me up. Um, you know, they, they didn't, they didn't come from a lot of wealth, but they did everything they could to make sure I had a good education. I had a good, I had a good upbringing. And so yeah. the fact that I built something in that, that my parents could be proud of yeah. was really special to me. So even though I didn't really feel passion in what I was doing, the fear pride. of leaving, it was the pride of it, right? Yeah. It's like, it's the fact that my mom could be so proud to tell her friends that, a son was, I, you know, I had a, I had, a, I was a twenty. How old was I at the time? Twenty two, twenty three, and I had a, I had an office and a PA sat outside of it. Like, 
what 22 year old needs that but yeah. like it was the pride the element life. of having that exactly but well living the best life but not enjoying it i had no like and don't get me wrong there are lawyers out there who certainly do but i was not the type of lawyer who got to a sunday night and thought i can't wait to go draft terms and conditions tomorrow <laughs> I, I, had, yeah. I had no passion in that right yeah. I, I had no days really of when I was just like gearing, gunning to go like, oh, I love this. Yeah. Um, but it was the fear that held me back. But then, you know, what changed everything, big wake up moment for me uh, was my mum passed away. Right. Um, and it was a, a massive trigger event for me. You know, she was, she was diagnosed with terminal cancer in, was it June 2018? And our next 10 months were spent in and out of hospital. Um, you know, that was that was really the hardest, the hardest year of my life. Um, going through something like that really puts everything into perspective. You know, yeah. my mom was only in her early 50s, um, but she always took advantage of the opportunities that came to her. But yeah, you know, she was really my role model. And like I said, like I was all almost doing everything I've, uh, up until then, like, you know, really intent. I've I've thought I've had a lot of self-development since then, but you no, know, I was looking at it to be like everything I was doing up until then was to make this to make her really proud of the of the son she had raised. And yeah. And then and then this happens. And you know, during those 10 months, I spoke to her a lot where I was able to about the idea and the fact that I really wanted to to follow this passion. I really wanted to know what she thought of it. Cause I hadn't really opened up to her about this at all before or to yeah. anyone. And and it was my dream to pursue it. And you know what? She she made me promise that I would. That conversation I had with her was one of the most special moments. And she passed away in March 2019. And, and one month later, the company was incorporated. So it's one of those ones where the fear was there. But then as soon as your mum was saying to you, look, you should do this. You should give this yeah. a good go. It kind of made the yeah. fear just less. Because at the end of the day, you felt like what you was doing was you know, for her in part and for your dad yeah. in another part. But yeah. with that person's blessing, it made it yeah, feel 100%. like it was going to be okay. The fear completely reversed. It, it, fear of failing was completely replaced with fear of living a life and never having done this. Fear mm. of regret. Yeah. Um, and it just happened. It felt like it happened overnight. Like it was a trigger that I needed to suddenly feel like you know life is too life is too short. What am I doing? Yeah. Living this life for other other people with the community, what people think of me, whatever. Mm take a risk. And you know what, all the fears I, I had before, like, well, what happens if it doesn't work? Well, then I start thinking, well, if it doesn't work, at least I tried. And if it doesn't work, I, I'm hopefully not going to be un unemployed. I'll figure it out. You know, I'll sort it out. Yeah. But uh, yeah. And then I, I jumped straight into it with two of my, two of my good friends from university. And, and uh, that was the start of the how about journey. What was day one like of, of how about where were you, obviously you've, you know, the, the, the desk job with the PA and the office yeah, is yeah, gone. Yeah. So where were you guys? You know, what, what was day one like? How many beers were drank? Oh my God, man. Uh, well, to be honest, we, we were, we went best part of a year without salary. So like it, it was an entirely different world. So mm. when we, when we first launched, so as I say, I built it with two of my best mates from uni. We all went into quote unquote proper jobs, right? So I went into corporate law, my, um, the CFO went into investment banking and then private equity and the CTO went into spacecraft engineering. So all very different, very, very different. Oh, wow. Yeah. You're all, you're all up there, up there people. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> all very different. I right? all went into good grad scheme job sort of thing. And yeah. we'd all separately had this entrepreneurial mindset to be like, you know, we want to, we want to have something of our own, take something from nothing. And, yeah. and then when I, so I spoke to the guys about it after everything happened to my mom, I spoke to the guys about it. They obviously knew what I was going through at the time. Um, and we basically started building, how about 
on the sides of our day jobs. We didn't want to jump straight in straight away. So we were working during the day and then working nights and weekends on the idea. And there were a lot of late nights. It was a lot of working on Duncan's kitchen table. It was sleeping on Duncan's floor. And the reason we went to Duncan's place is because he was the tech guy. He needed this big screen monitor setup. So we would go to his place and... You know, we're we're a bunch of 22 years. None of us have, you know, four bedroom houses. We all have like flats, right? So we're sleeping on his floor. And it it took nothing but hustle, man. It was hustle Mm. that got us through it. For months, friends, family, everyone thought we were crazy, man. What what the hell are you guys doing? My family, a lot of my family were probably thinking, you know, your mum's just died. And is this a bit of a, like you had a bit of a shock? What are you doing? Like, are you sure you should be leaving your job right now? But the great thing about the problem we're solving is that everybody has experienced the problem. Everybody knows that organizing plans sucks, right? Yeah. On group chats, especially. So we we got a lot of positive feedback for the idea. We built an alpha, which is essentially our, our, our version one. Yeah which looking back on it was obviously absolutely crap. Uh, and then we built our beta, which was we got 200 testers to test out. We iterated at loads. I mean, that was in September, 2019. We were completely bootstrapped at this point. So we're right. not paying ourselves anything. Mm. All the all the little bit of money that we've put into it is just to support our tech costs. Yeah. We're not paying ourselves anything. We've Now we've all left our jobs and our friends are thinking, these guys are, what the hell are these guys doing? It's not yeah. like we even have experience launching an app before. Everything no, yeah. is new. We're hustling on the job and then we launch it in december 2019 uh, the soft launch just to see what the public take to it and we got three thousand people in the first couple of months which is amazing most people will you know oh three thousand you know it's not half a million or whatever it's like but three thousand is more yeah. than zero because you're, yeah, you're yeah, watching exactly. it and thinking okay i've got 100 friends he's got okay maybe if yeah. we get more than 300 we're good it's like three thousand yeah, yeah. like that's people yeah, who absolutely. don't know at all downloading yeah. and using your app yeah, absolutely, absolutely, man. So uh, it was, it was exciting, right? It was like, okay, okay, maybe we're onto something here. Yeah. And then we were like, okay, but we really need, um, we really need to raise some capital right now. Right. Uh, and obviously, we're a, we're a B two C business, right? So it's all about, it's all. It, you can't it's not like you can make revenue on day one it especially with a b2c business like ours it was all about our people using it right you could have a million downloads but if yeah. nobody is using it it means nothing yeah so it's all about engagement how many people are using your app it's all about retention are those people coming back to your app and it's all yeah. about referrals are they bringing their friends with them and so when we were able to really start showing some really early signs of product market fit we were able to close our first round of investment and that's right. where we got Claire Velotti, who's the VP international at Snapchat, amazing, amazing woman. Like um, the amount of insight she's provided to us is is has been incredible. And she co-led our our first round of investment. She just she saw the early early signs of we were onto something. How much did you raise? And and kind of I know obviously I'm not an investor, yeah. so you don't have to pitch me. Yeah. Right, but it's like the listeners do like to know it. Like how much did you raise? How yeah. did you raise it? Because you said you had the the VP of Snapchat helping you. So that investment kind of process must have been new and amazing yeah yeah absolutely absolutely well look so we raised it was it was a hundred thousand pounds so it what the what the aim of it was was to see if we had legs underneath us basically so it, it gave us a little bit of capital to hire another developer put a little bit of money into marketing but mainly to support our tech costs as we grew yeah because as we grow and grow we need to be able to support our servers yeah and it's all about networking. The power of your network is so important, whether it doesn't matter if you know someone or you know someone who knows someone or you know someone who knows someone who knows someone. It's all about putting yourself out there to see who is interested in the tech investment space, right? Because we were far too early for venture capital. Yeah, most definitely. <laughs> and looking, looking back at it, like we were so naive. We were sending emails to venture capital places and they're, they're like, okay, look, the ones who did reply were like, 
please stop emailing me. <laughs> you are far too early for me. It's all about angels, all about individuals, right? And then it all comes down to two things. One is, are you, have you built a product that has the potential to become something? But two, it's the people behind it, right? They, they're investing in, in us as individuals. So a best example of the network in action is we got this lady called Claire Velotti as one of our investors, but we weren't pitching her. We were pitching her husband. We oh, had wow. no idea that he was married to her. So his, her, her husband, was, um, uh, who is now also one of our advisors, uh, a chap called Amir Nuriala, he, um, he's part of this uh, investment, investment network in, in the north of London. Uh, we saw a post on LinkedIn. We pitched him. Our pitch deck landed on his coffee table. Claire, his wife, saw it, picked it up. And that's where, that's how we got introduced to Claire. Wow. We would have had no idea, but it's the, it's the power of, you have no, it's the, it's the power of the network, right? Yeah. But it, it's, it's, it's a lot of hustle. It's a lot of hustle that you need in those early days. Yeah, most definitely. Because I, I myself have found the power of LinkedIn, obviously yeah. not for like finding guests for this podcast, but just for getting to know people in general. Yeah. And it's one of those things where people feel a bit weird about it. Because I feel like most social medias, you know, the concept is I follow you, you follow back. With LinkedIn, it's like, we're connecting. And it's from yeah. there, you don't really go on there and be like, oh, let me interact with your post, you interact with mine. It's like, you connect, maybe you DM. But if that person's like a prolific poster, <laughs> then you get involved in their posts. And it's it's a lot more of a like a, I feel like a genuine connection than like, oh, I 100%. have a whole bunch of followers. And there 100%. is that potential for a LinkedIn post that you make or that someone else makes to change someone else's life or to, to yeah. enable someone else to do something. Like I, I've seen it time and time again. And it's one of those ones where, <laughs> The power of the network is definitely so, so, so important. Like, 100%. So for you now, where you've got these investors, like how many investors did you manage to get on? for? Because 100K in you know investment terms is not a lot of money. So you no, could have 100%. got that with 10 investors. You could have got it with 20. Yeah, it was about, it was about 10. I think it was just under 10 investors. Uh, that was our first round. We've done another round now, uh, a year later, um, which was half a million. And that we got the power of the crowd involved. We did it as we did a crowd fund there. Um, and so we've got a lot more investors now. We've got upwards of 700. But um, but uh, yeah, just going to the network point, it's, it's you have no idea where you are going to get, whether it's an investor, whether it's an advisor, whether it's someone who's just got insight to provide or feedback to give. The power of the community is one of the biggest things I would say to any any entrepreneurs starting out, whether it's helping you directly or whether it's just feedback for your product it doesn't it doesn't matter how much you try and get truthful feedback from your friends or family ultimately they've got your best intentions at heart they don't want to they don't want to give you that 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 real truth that you need yeah uh, about whether to pivot or persevere or, or, or on everything as a whole or just a specific aspect of your business so it's that it's that independent advice that you need and that's just where the power of your network can be so so crucial so what what made you go down the the crowdfunding route for i'm assuming this is yeah. your, your seed round right yeah, uh, no. So yeah, the, the names the names are a really interesting one about what you call the names of your thing. We're, we're still calling it. We're, so we're currently raising our seed. Yeah, we call that almost like a second angel round because it was, it was our pre-existing angels doubling down. It was new angels coming in. But yeah, then we we put in this crowd aspect to it, and a big part of it was the ambassador effect of having everyday Joes invest in your business. So obviously, like. Most of the time, investment in early stage tech companies is only for people who have plenty of capital, right? Like yeah. 
if you're putting in 10 grand into a business, no 22-year-old girl in London has yeah. 10, most 22 girls, I say, some may, <laughs> most 22-year-old girl, girls in, in, in London don't have 10 grand to put in. But crowdfunding opened the door to a user in London, a 22-year-old girl who thinks, actually, this may have some legs. I really like this. I, I really feel the problem this is solving. Mm. I'm going to put in 10 pounds. Yeah. And then that girl who's put in 10 pounds now has skin in the game. Yeah. And so it's a great way. So uh, if her friends are trying to organize drinks or a brunch and they're doing the classic thing, going back and forth on WhatsApp saying, can you do next week? Okay, no, what about the week after? This girl can be like, guys, we should use this app called How About, which can instantly find one all three for us, or it can let us share calendars, or you know, it makes organizing plans so much easier. And by having you know 700 of, of those users all over the country, it can really then multiply the network effects our app is built on because the app gets better when your friends are on it, right? So if most definitely if I if I use it and I really like it and I I can bring on five users with me. So a perfect example of that is Italy. We haven't spent a penny in Italy. We don't focus on Italy at all. Yeah. We've, we're not in the Italian language, but we've got 2000 users in Italy. And that's just started with network effects. One person mm. bringing on five, bringing on five, et cetera, et cetera. So exactly. crowdfunding is a great way to just boost that opportunity. And I, I think one thing is with the app as well, you know, like you said, it's, you know, as much as you want to have more friends on there, it's one of those ones where if somebody uses it with you and go oh this is really easy to book drinks with my friends now maybe that person has like a small team of people at work and they go oh yeah. use this app it's really it's way yeah, better yeah, than yeah. us sending out that stupid yeah. email okay yeah. I, everyone put your calendars in okay everyone's free wednesday afternoon yeah, Bang. Yeah. it's in it's yeah. done and whatever yeah absolutely it gives people that move to make a because a, a, you know yeah. every group of friends has the organizer let's not lie yes <laughs> absolutely yeah and the, the planner the yeah. planner absolutely and they're yeah. the person that gets stuff done but then they have all yeah. the logistics to worry about and people yeah, pulling yeah. in and out and whatever but with this i feel like it minimizes that and makes people feel 100 kind of more involved in the plans rather than having to look and go oh can't do that they can do yeah. that day you just go this is the date yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's it no 100 the reality of it is that our friendships would thrive more and we would we would have a deeper connection with our friends if we saw them more and connected with them more. And the biggest thing that stops that is the faff of planning. Mm. I would have so many more plans if I thought, oh, I would love to meet up with my friend Harry if, it, if I knew I didn't have the constant back and forth of just trying to figure out when we're both free. Mm. But in the B2B world or at work or in companies, I know it's so easy to organize a meeting with my boss because I can put a... Uh, meeting straight into his calendar or we can use tools like Calendly to find when we're all free. Yeah. Nothing like that exists in the social space, right? Mm. It, and it, we're just left to social, we're just left to chat apps to to go back and forth and it's, it's all manual and chaos. But as you say, how about, we're, we're, not, we're not focused on trying to help you build new friendships yeah. or, or spend ages on our app. So we're, we're very different to, your traditional social media, Instagram, Facebook, where it's all about have more friends, the better, or more people that follow you, the better, or how many likes you get on your content and how long you spend on the app. On the flip side, we want you on How About and off of it as quickly as possible. So you can go from planning to plan made really, really quickly. And it doesn't matter if you have five friends on the app or 50, it's all about helping those existing relationships you have to thrive more. And you do that by connecting more, whether it's over a beer, whether it's at dinner, whether it's literally just a catch up call, it doesn't matter what the type of plan is, they're always faff to set up. We're trying to remove all of that 
so that you can really focus on on really deepening your relationships. So now you're just over two years into how about that so since we hard we hard launched it to the public last august so yeah. we're a year old now okay we're a year old well happy birthday yeah <laughs> thank you very much thank you <laughs> so corporate life versus startup life now bearing yeah. in mind i've had the same thing i i had a very yeah. boring job in finance and accounts in a thing personally i found startup life to be one way more fulfilling but two yeah. somehow way more draining and three <sighs> I'm doing way more work for less money. The hours are no better. I can tell you that. The, my hours are probably, well, no, not even probably, my hours are worse now than they were as a lawyer. And the money is nowhere near what it was. But, there's no promise of it either, but. No, there's no promise of it. You're happier, surely. The passion, honestly. When So the stress can feel worse at points because it's yeah. your stress. It's your baby, right? So when things are, and you can all, and because of that, you always feel on, you never, it's, it's hard to switch off. Mm. On the flip side, when you get those wins, when anything goes well, mm. there's no feeling like it. There's genuinely, when you get that call from the investor to say, you know what, great pitch. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to come in on the round. Or you hit that next milestone you've been wanting to hit. Mm. Or you have that, you, you hire a great person. You see that their career is improving. How about and you're building a great culture? Because that's really important to me. Because I know people have left good jobs to, to join our startup. All of that is so much more fulfilling. When, when, something, when I used to complete a, a deal as a lawyer before 4am in the morning or something, and it would finish. I felt nothing but thank God I didn't screw yeah. anything up. You know what? <laughs> like, just relax. relax. Yeah, exactly. Breathe. Like, no more coffee. Right, it's like, let me catch. Yeah, 100%. Whereas now, when like the, the feeling you get because it's yours, there's nothing like it. But and I think there's no two days are the same, yeah. right? Um, one day I'm, I'm doing product design, one day I'm doing brand strategy, one day I'm doing legals, one day I'm doing partnerships, commercials, investor relations, etc. And that that is such a, I, I love that. And it really develops me as a person. Mm. Uh, don't get me wrong, I, on hindsight, still wouldn't have changed anything. My legal career has set me up. It's amazing whether to help me think strategically, having, having a legal awareness of of, of broad things is, is, is come in handy so many times, whether it's contracts or employment or intellectual property or trademarks, whatever it is, it, it's been a great foundation for me. But no, there's, there's no feeling like, like, like running something for yourself. But on the flip side, as you say, the, the stress of it and can really be overwhelming in terms of it's very, very hard to, to switch off. And then it all comes down to, to trust, especially between the three co-founders. Yeah, I was going to say, you're, you're, three of you are friends and, you know, friendships yeah. are meant to be kind of lighthearted, always good times. Oh, maybe yeah. someone has something bad, oh, you know, pat, pat on the back, mate. But now you two, well, not yeah. you two, you three. So it's um, Duncan and Jake. So you, Duncan and yeah. Jake are all involved in this thing together. Does that put like a strain on your friendship or does it just kind of enhance it? Because obviously I don't, I don't work with my friends. No, no, we, you know what, it's something that you hear so many times, like be careful going into business with your friends. And I think the best thing is, is we, we never lived together at university. So it's not like we were always in each other's pockets. We were, we were in the same friendship group, but the thing that works so well for us is that we have such different backgrounds. So no, no two of us are in the same area. So there's one developer, there's one person in operations and finance, and there's one person in vision, strategy, and marketing. Yeah. And those were, those were separate remits to start this off. And 
as long as you have trust that you can always support each other, but you're not like butting heads all the time. Yeah, you're not butting heads in the same areas, right? It's all built on it's all built on trust in your specific departments, but then you're supporting each other together in the one product vision. Mm. It's worked fantastically, and I think the reason the reason it works so well, and it doesn't matter about backwards, but I think what every group of co-founders needs is you need to match hustle, heart, and hard work. Right. Those three things. That we, it's, it's, a, it's a big part of the how about ethos for all of our team members. I'm going to steal that one. H- hustle, heart, and hard work. That's my new hustle, thing. Hustle, heart, hard work. It's going on my website now. Absolutely. <laughs> put it up, put it on. Uh, a fourth one that ties into that is ownership thinking for our employees. Like, our, if you have ownership thinking, you can take something to the next level. It's not just what you're asked to do. It's how you can really take, you, how you really own something and feel like, I can go the extra mile with this. But yeah, hustle, heart, and hard work are the three things that have kept us so unified and why our relationship is is so impactful because Mm. we all match each other's grit, determination. When we were looking back at it from when we first started the Alpha and we were doing all-nighters for no pay and no promise that it was going to go anywhere. Yeah, All three of us were there together. None of us needed to ask the other one to be there. Mm. And it was that grit and determination that got us through no money to our first finance round, to our second finance round, to now we're just about to hit 100,000 downloads. And we've got that through, we don't have loads of good connections. You know, we don't, we don't, we don't have lots of money. We don't have a, a big tech network or, or understanding or apps. And we've got here just through sheer hard work and yeah. making ourselves slightly better than the day we were before. Right. And I think we're all very, very open to open feedback yeah. Um, and so like, how can I improve as a, as a leader, me personally, or how can Duncan improve as a, as a manager for the, his tech stack, et cetera. And if you're open to wanting to make yourself constantly better, then pride can take a bit of a side to it because you, you're open to wanting to make yourself better. And that's what we really try and focus on. All right. There was something you said earlier about, you know, leading yeah. a team and all that kind of stuff. How how do you lead a team? Because I'm assuming when you were a lawyer, you might have had, obviously you had your PA or, or whatever you want to call them, yeah. your assistant. Did you have a team then? Or was this, is this your no, first no, time I, leading a team? I, w- I was fast. As a lawyer, I was far too junior to lead. Uh, right. my, my biggest leadership experiences came at university. Uh, so I was I was president of the law society. It was it was nine hundred and fifty members, fifty grand worth of you know money coming in from sponsorships or subscriptions, etc. And that was and it was a it was a team of fifteen. And that was probably the biggest leadership experience I had before this in terms of really enjoying and learning the type of leader I wanted to be. So I I like to be the type of leader who is at the front leading the way inspiring and not at the back pushing and telling you where to, what to do. Right. Yeah. Um, so I, a culture is a big part for me. Like I want you to enjoy what you do. And if you enjoy what you do, plus you feel that you have a level of ownership in what you're doing, then you can help level up what you're doing without me having to even guide that. So all of our employees have share options. Everybody owns part of how about, because if they own part of how about they have the, the upside win, as well as obviously the salary we provide. So it's not just a day-to-day job. It's, God, how can I level up what I'm doing today, whether I'm in marketing, tech, ops, whatever. Because this is now part of you. Exactly. So from the from the culture side, something I've implemented, and it was actually, it, it was not my idea. It was um, something I heard from a good friend of mine called Bikram. He said that something that should be really, really enshrined in, in startup life is DWE, days waking up excited. Okay. Because when you were, when I was at 
when I was a, a lawyer, I did not have good DWE. Mm. Most of the time I had bad DWE. I did not wake up thinking I am going to, I am ready to go smash this day. You try to stay in bed a bit longer, if anything. Exactly. Exactly. You know, I, what I say to my team now is I want you to have four out of five good DWE. Yeah. Five out of five is difficult because we all have the occasional stressful day at work or, or something going on in our personal lives that makes your DWE not good from an outside perspective. But as soon as you go below four out of five DWE, mm. I want you to come to me straight away. And we can be talking about whether you need more support or whether there's a relationship that's difficult at work right now, or what we can be doing differently. And, or if you're not enjoying what you're currently working on, because all of these guys gave up great career, or like they, these guys could earn more money elsewhere, no doubt. Bigger companies, big established companies, whether you're a developer, marketing, or whatever. Mm. But everyone has left their job because they believe in the product and they believe in the founders. And yeah. you want to repay that by giving them great career development opportunities. So they work on the things they want to work on, good prospects of like development from whether it's from a salary perspective or whatever. And, and, and just a great place to work. And so we really try and make everyone feel like owners in the company, not just right. workers there. Yeah. So I, I guess leading on from the talk about having ownership in the, in the company, all that kind of stuff, I'm sure a lot of the viewers, you know, American, wherever you are, there's some type of show like Dragon's Den or Sharks Tank and <laughs> yeah, all that yeah, kind of yeah, stuff yeah. in your country. So for how about, I guess we're at the point now where there's, it started out with you three. I'm assuming all the shares yep. went three ways. So 33, 33, yep. 33. Then you had your investment round. So how much kind of equity did you lose each time? Because like this is something that interests me. And also company valuation, please, because we, we like those things here. We like to know these things. On our last round, the, the crowdfund, um, and that was with the angels, we were valued at 3.85 mil, nice. pre-money. Um, this next one is, uh, is to be determined because we're starting conversations from September. We're, we're having initial conversations now with, with plenty of venture capital firms, uh, mostly UK, but some European and some US. The US guys will, will bloat you up. They'll say you're a unicorn before you even <laughs> make a penny. So stay away from the American valuations. They, they are wild sometimes. Absolutely, absolutely. But you know, we'd be looking for um, we'd be looking for a good uplift from our last valuation, obviously. And yeah. I mean, putting it putting things into context, in March um, when we just closed this last round, uh, we were on about forty thousand events total had been organised on how about forty thousand. Right. Now we're just approaching five hundred thousand. Yeah. So we've grown from. 40,000 to half a mil yeah. in less than six months. And so thankfully our growth is, is really, is really booming right now. And it's that good hockey stick. It's that curve. Exactly. It's the hockey That's stick. what you want to see. You know, and a big, and a big part of that is obviously the fact that we're not in a lockdown right now. Right. We've as how about we launched a year ago and we've gone through three lockdowns yeah. and obviously uh, launching a social planning app at a time when the government is saying it's illegal to make social plans. Was that <laughs> was that was a pretty tough pill to swallow. Yeah. yeah, It just adds to the friend saying, what the hell are you doing? And our investors, our initial early investors are probably thinking, why the hell did I invest in a social planning app? But you have to believe that social is going to come back. We're not always going to oh, be 100%. in lockdown. And so no social has come back. You know, it's yeah. really interesting when you dive into our data, you know, compared you know in back in january um, of this year virtual plans took up about a third of our all of our events organized about a third of them were virtual mm. and the rest were one-to-one -one walks or socially distanced picnics or things like that yeah everything changed but there, about a third was virtual now 
less than 10% is virtual. Um, And so we're seeing things uh, massively change, but it's really interesting, right? Because things aren't going back straight away to clubs or nights out. They're going to brunches. They're going to nights in. So people are still transitioning back to thinking, but at least they're not just having Zoom pub quizzes anymore, which we all got fed up of. Oh, no, yeah. I I did one or two of those in the beginning of lockdown when I was bored. And I was yeah. like, nah, I'd rather just sit. I don't want to have to drink with you guys on Zoom. No offense. Like, I like you guys in person, <laughs> but on Zoom, like, I'm in my house. It just feels a bit weird. And the second everyone's Absolutely. like, oh, I'm going now. Bye, bye, bye. I'm just drunk in my house. <laughs> There's no Uber journey home. There's no train journey home with a whole bunch of other drunk people that kind of gets you a little bit, you know, hyped, but also yeah, yeah. brings you down. I was like, this is crap, yeah. man. So yeah, I, yeah, yeah. I, I signed out of that whole side of 100%. I think everyone did, man. I think everyone did. There's only so many th- times you can have Zoom calls and, and, and you know, when only one person can talk at a time and so the whole social dynamic feels different. It's just awkward for everyone. Yeah, and he, what, the, the, I mean, Zoom did try keep up with with what was the, like in demand they made these whole breakout room things and all yeah, that kind of stuff. Yeah, yeah. but it's yeah. not the same as you go to a party or you go out and you you know you talk to some person over there you talk to another person over there yeah you, you speak to everybody in a group people you know oh wait oh i think we're on a delay yeah. you know like all that type <laughs> of stuff honestly it, it just it just grates on you after a while yeah absolutely absolutely are you back to socializing properly would you say yeah of course never in my life did i think there'd be a time where the world closed absolutely none of us yeah exactly if you would have said this to us a couple of years ago we would have never believed you it just honestly everything now as well one thing that that made how about kind of stand out for me and then why i wanted to have you on is because prior to covid i never yeah. made plans people would call me and be like where are you yeah i'm in yeah, central yeah. man where are you yeah i'm yeah, in central yes. too meet me here meet me there yeah cool whatever now it's more like every moment of my life now is mad strategic and it's like, if I go out to Central, I'm trying to stay there from, do you know what I mean? From dusk till dawn. But previously, I used to just be flitting and floating around all the time. It, one thousand percent. So we saw this ourselves with uh, the pandemic. Right? Pandemic overnight, spontaneous socializing went away. And now you have to plan and book everything, right? And you were trained to do that uh, during the lockdowns. Whether When they started opening things up and you wanted to go to a bar, restaurant, club, wherever... Everywhere you had to book days in advance. And so everyone is now trained to think uh, spontaneous socializing is so much harder and I've got to plan and book everything, which is why something like How About is so important because, you know, it's got all the speed of a WhatsApp group, um, but just with the added structure of knowing what you're doing, where you're going, who can make it, find a time you're all free, et cetera. But yeah, 100%. Right now, uh, everything, whether it's a quick beer, a dinner, or even if you're going on a staycation or flying out, everything needs to be planned more. Yeah. Um, spontaneous is so much harder to do. Yeah, I, I, I mean, I must admit, you know, everybody probably misses the old times, as it were. But yeah. I guess even in the climate where people do still make spontaneous plans, how about still has a place because you said there's yeah. the messaging side of things and knowing yeah, when someone else is, is free. So even if you don't use it to book in, it's like, yeah. oh, I, I know she's free. And you know what? She works in Liverpool Street. I'm in Shoreditch, tell her to walk down type thing. Yeah, 100%. That's exactly it. So like you have full control over who you share certain data with, right? So like one friend, I might want them to see what I'm up to. Another friend, I might not want to share anything at all. And another friend, I just want them to see when I'm free or busy. So they can't see any of the detail that I'm doing. They could just see Friday evening, I'm busy. 
don't know what, but I, I'm busy. But the spontaneous side of it, 100%, there's a huge opportunity there for us because, and, it, and it's how a lot of people use our app right now, which is, you know, you've got a, a, the, the, the group of guys or the group of girls, or a good group of friends, and you can see that actually three or four of us are all free on Thursday. And it's Thursday, so we can all see that we're free after work today. Let's just get something going rather than starting a new conversation in WhatsApp that maybe there's already a conversation going on and you're jumping in and it feels messy. How about three quarters of you are free today? Let's, yeah, let's go get a beer in. So yeah, it works on both sides. Those people who want to be more planned and want the structure as well as the speed and those people who just want a quick spontaneous drink and don't want any of the faff of seeing who's free. They just want to quickly say, oh guys, we're apparently all free tomorrow. Let's do something. Yeah. And as the, the business kind of grows and as you scale up and, and that kind of thing, how do you kind of envision yourself maturing as a leader? Because I'm sure right now you can, you know, yeah. remember every employee's name and all that yeah, kind of stuff. Yeah. And you could all <laughs> meet around a, a fairly large meeting room yeah. table. As the company grows, which I'm pretty sure it will with a, you know, 3.5 mil valuation, you know, lend me a fiver. But um, <laughs> yeah, how do you see yourself? progressing as a as a leader because that's essentially what you are now you went from lawyer to leader that's that's probably the catchy title of this podcast so it, it's really important to me that everyone feels and i've said it before but everyone feels ownership of what they're doing and so i don't want to micromanage right and it, that all comes down to trust right so that you can trust that that person is able to lead their department or their team right. with that and I, I don't want to ever be a bottleneck for that yeah and then that comes into a lot of thinking of the challenges of group think right so right, right. now we went from three people to then four people. And now we're six people and we want to be hiring another six before the end of the year. And the difficulties with when we started this three is we were all on everything. Yeah. And then when we get to a team of 10 plus, you cannot all be on everything. It's, yeah. it's so inefficient. You need trust. And Jeff uh, Bezos has a brilliant quote. And he says, if a team cannot be fed by two with two pizzas, the team is too large. Yeah. So, because we all know it, man. When you're on meetings, 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 you are not making. Yeah. Whether making means coding or designing or or strategizing or whatever, if you are at a meeting, you are not making. Yeah. And so the difficulty can be is if you are constantly on meetings, nothing is getting done. Yeah, you're talking strategy, you're talking high level, what needs to get done, but then you're not having any time to go do it. So, you know, a, a big new thing we're, we're, we're really putting in place now is if you are 10 minutes into a meeting. It's too long. This definitely came from someone as well. And I think this might be Jeff's but if you're 10 minutes into a meeting, oh no, no, no this is from um, Elon Musk. If you're 10 minutes into a meeting and you are not needed on that meeting, we've got nothing to contribute or everyone else is handling it fine, excuse yourself. Yeah. Because a lot of times you can be in rooms and you can end up on like, in, like just impromptu meetings when you can lose an hour and you have like, I was not needed there at all. But because of like, you know, the you're out of respect, you don't want to interrupt the person speaking, you end up just sat there. When actually we want to be saying, it's much better for you, your development, and what you've got going on. If, if, if you're 10 minutes into a meeting, you don't need to be there to excuse yourself. So a big part of me moving forward is, you know, like, like you said, I've gone from big person who's like um, getting involved in a lot of the detail of things. And I, as my role will develop, it'll be a lot more just overarching management, yeah. but really giving people the the confidence and the ability to just get on with things themselves without feeling like they always have to come back to me. There, there needs to be that level of trust. And I'll always be there to sort of, you know, assist support, but I never want people to think that it's a hierarchical structure. As long as you've got trust, like I did, I want to be hiring people who are smarter than I am. That's the goal, isn't it? 
That's the goal. <laughs> I don't want to be hiring. If I can do a better job than you, why am I hiring you? Yeah. I want it, like so. Our our head of marketing, uh, a girl we've um, hired a couple of months back. Her name's Claudia. She is much smarter than I am in anything to do with design, implementation of social media, all of that stuff. And that is exactly why we hired her. Yeah. Duncan uh, and, and our new CTOs and or Jake as our CFO. These guys are much smarter than me in their field. Yeah. And that's exactly what we want to keep doing. So if you, as we keep growing and growing, and you guys are all smarter than me, I'm not the bottleneck. Yeah. <laughs> I'm just the person who's overseeing and making sure that departments are talking and people are talking, the culture is good. And I'm, uh, you know, our board is happy and investor relations are good, et cetera. I'm just the person who's trying to keep the, the cogs turning overarching yeah. without having to get into the, hopefully into the, it, the detail of all the different avenues. Cause I don't want to be that bottleneck. I want you to feel trusted with ownership, thinking hard hustle and hard work that yeah. you know how to make, how about better tomorrow than it was today. I can tell from that certain, phrases and the ways you kind of know about these these particular stories you must read a lot of books obviously there's a bookshelf behind you as well but I you read must a lot, read of, a lot books. Of, of business I books because I feel like we've yeah. had some overlap like I, at the moment I'm reading how I built this by Guy Raz which is yeah. an interesting read but it's not as deep into like culture and all that kind of stuff but I feel like Netflix has an amazing culture Pixar yeah. does too and Amazon you know uh, I guess corporate <laughs> side corporate <laughs> side yeah but like yeah blue collar worker worker level not so much so as you're building this empire, let's call it an empire because, you know, might as well, right? What is bringing you joy out of How About? Like, where does the happiness come from? Because we spoke about how much passion and, and determination there is. And at, at its fundamental core, that is joy, no? Yeah, oh, 100%. I, I, I love, the, I can answer that in a, in a couple of different ways. What makes me really, really happy is, you know, I'm the type of leader and I actually really enjoy the management side of things. And I definitely like, you know, personal and professional development is a huge, is a huge part of me. So I recognize why I need to get better and whether, and a lot of that comes through either experience or through, or through reading, right? So you can gain the experience through reading how others have done it. And so, as you say, I read a lot of books, you can see behind me, I've got, I've got a, a good few still to get through as well. But what, what get, gets me really happy is, is seeing, is a couple of things. So from a, just from a, obviously from a metrics perspective, you can see something that started as an idea. It was a nugget. It was just an idea I had that's now got 25,000 plans organized every week. And, you know, 70% of our growth and, and, and climbing every month is organic. So we're not doing anything to get those users. It's users telling their friends yeah. who are telling their friends. And that is, that's like, okay, Jesus Christ. And that is really cool. When you really think about it, like, like I have, I've really had the idea for something that's now been built that is now spreading by itself and people want this product. That is very cool. Two is, is seeing, um, is, is really seeing that we've built this great culture. So I work with six people now and we're, we're really good friends. And that comes down to wanting to work in an environment where you can be yourself. So our culture sort of our culture saying is work hard, stay humble, be yourself. And that's the exact type of culture we want to build at How About. And we don't, I don't know if I can say this on your podcast. We don't want dickheads. We you can uh, say what we you want... like. Listen, we don't want dickheads. <laughs> dickheads beware. Stay away from How About. Stay away from my company too. Dickheads go over there and do something else. We don't want dickheads. We want people who can get stuck in, um, can take, like we uh, can feed it, build into this open feedback culture and can help us make How About better tomorrow than it is today. 
Um, and the fact that we're really starting to build this, this great culture, we had a team offsite day last week that went really, really well. And we're really trying to put into the, it, the latest book I read is the lean startup. Oh yeah. Uh, I read that a few years ago. It's a, it's a great book. Yeah. I read it a few years back and now that we're like getting into this like stage where we're turning into like hustling startup to hopefully early stage of you know, really trying to scale this business. Like yeah. we want to put in the right processes, um, into our business and, that that team offsite day was a great way for us to really dive into you know two of the three P's that help make us successful. So the three P's are product, people, processes. Yeah. The offsite day was all about people and processes. How we can be putting in the right culture and feedback, feedback culture to to make ourselves better. And then processes is how we can be doing everything we can on the lean startup, build, measure, learn, so that this company becomes really, really efficient and, and, and makes our users happy. And we really understand our data, right? So seeing the company take those next steps is, 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 is actually something that really, really makes me happy because it's like most people, you know, in startup, it's very easy to, to coast, just say, and to work inefficiently and, to, and just be like, yeah, we're building something good. Just keep building it. But I think what's a great thing about us is we're constantly looking to get better. And we've, we recognize that there's so many ways we can get better. And I, yeah. It's something that, you know, and then seeing yourself get better, that, that, that sort of, yeah, brings a lot of joy to me. Here's where to find Neil online. Cool. So how about it's available for anyone to download all over the world? We're in over a hundred countries on both Apple and Android. Um, so yeah, please uh, search how about H-O-W-B-O-U-T on app stores to, to download it for free and uh, we're always open to feedback so there's a you can chat to us in the app let us know what you think what you like what you don't like love to hear from you socials we're on instagram how about underscore app we're on tiktok linkedin um so yeah please get involved with us and and uh yeah that, that's that's the, that's the main plug to to, <laughs> to really drive people towards us but hopefully even just this podcast people <clears throat> can hopefully have been like yeah you know what i hate organizing plans and whatsapp planning is crap and I, I hate the faff of going back and forth and hopefully that alone is has already got some people interested in thinking okay you know what i'm gonna i'm gonna google how about and let's see what's there thank you for listening to people explained new episodes come out every monday we would appreciate it if you gave us a review on apple podcasts and shared this episode with a friend